0: Hello, you're listening to Living Alone Together, and I am your only host, Yen. So um, I feel like I have so many things to talk about today, although they're not centered around a theme, so I'm not sure how to organize them. Um, I guess it's the season, so it's officially autumn here now in Taiwan, and it actually... Feels just slightly, just slightly cold. So I don't know. I feel like that's why I have so many things on my mind. Um, actually, on Sunday, it's Monday today, which is, which means yesterday on Sunday, I started a new episode, but I didn't finish the recording because there was just some, there was some construction going on. It was too loud. I couldn't continue with it. Um, I guess I could start there where I left off. Left off yesterday, um, so something new recently. Um, very superficially, it's about a new thing I bought recently. I ordered a Mac Mini, and uh, for those who aren't familiar with Apple's terminology, that is really just the um, desktop um, of of Apple. So you've got you've got your Mac Mini and your Mac. Pro, I believe. Both of these are desktops without a screen, whereas the iMac is the all-in-one computer with the computer, of course, and the screen in one body, the classic um, look of Apple. So anyway, I ordered the Mac Mini because I already have a screen. The point is, this is my, this is going to be my first official desktop. And um, well, let me go through why I decided to purchase this. Basically, so far, I just just have one computer, that is the laptop that I bring to work every day. And uh, in the beginning, I just just thought, you know, I don't want to bring my laptop every day like this. And also, I don't want to mix the uh, information from work with my personal notes and um, everything else. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to get... Something like an iPad and bring that to work, but then you know you can't you, you can't really work with an iPad, so that's why I just I just bring this um, laptop back and forth every single day um, and recently I've been getting tired of it and um, so I thought you know I'll do it, I'll buy a desktop. Now, the thing is, I don't use Windows because well, I switched to Linux. About year, a year and a half ago, um, and it's not—it's not because I'm interested in programming or anything novel. I guess I—I sort of I'm interested in, in new stuff or more, um, you know, anything technology related. But I'm not a tech geek or any ni- anyone like that. I just simply okay. What happened was there was one day when I was trying to you know I was trying to switch the background image of my. Uh, of my desktop right and there were just so many pictures I didn't even download but they were pre-installed on my computer from from Windows it was uh, I think it was at Windows 8. so I thought you know I got to delete these pictures for no reason. so <laughs> I went backstage trying to find a directory for the pictures and that took maybe 30 minutes or so and then once I found a directory um, I couldn't delete them you, ha- you got to be some administrator and I thought what are you talking about? I'm the only administrator of this computer and I can't delete stuff. So then it was super annoying. In the end, I finally de- deleted the pictures. But when I went back to the, let's say, the backstage, um, the spots that used to be pictures became just black. And it's absolutely... Ugly and not cool. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I cannot deal with this anymore. And plus, my computer was eight years old. And I thought, you know, I'm just gonna use Linux. It's a lighter system. Now, how I came to know about Linux is a whole other story. Um, not so important, but well, whatever. I'll just I'll just mention it briefly. Basically, in my university, I think our computer labs uh, used to have Ubuntu, with just a a version of linux or a distro of linux it's pretty cool it's a it has this purple orange beaver theme and i guess the uh overall uh feeling uh, sort of uh, sorry the overall style is more like apple style or the overall aesthetics i would say i don't i'm not sure either in any case it looked much better than windows for sure and yet Back in the days, I just thought, what is this? I want to print something quickly. I don't know how to do this. So (laughs) I got really annoyed with the system. I didn't know it was called Linux back then. But somehow my mind clicked and. One year and a half ago, I I thought, oh, yes, that's the thing I need. I need something light, like Linux. That's why I've been using Linux ever since. Now, Linux has its own problems because there are some tiny bugs that just never get fixed, and you never know what's wrong with them. Um, And it gets annoying as well. So I I think everything considered, I just thought, I I want a desktop that is um, very... um, compact small um, and you know i'm not a computer geek who wants to construct their own (laughs) computer Um, and i know there are forums where people you know you can throw out your quote unquote menu they will check if the system is good enough or if the price is good enough at least it's pr- very popular here in Taiwan. We are a huge computer country, I would say. That's why people are so into this kind of stuff. There's so many geeks out there willing to help you for free. It's their sole entertainment, I suppose. The point is, I don't want to. I don't want to reconstruct. Sorry, I don't want to build my own computer, and I'm not interested in a Windows computer anymore. So I thought, you know, Mac uh, fits my needs. So I'm going to get one. Although, you know, the reason that I haven't jumped into Mac for such a long time. That's a whole other story as well. I suppose I could go through it very <laughs> quickly as well. Basically, when I was a kid, I used um, my dad's computer. He had this very classic MacBook with a uh, which was completely white, plasticky, but somehow cute and pretty enough. Some some somehow one day when I was playing with his computer. Smoke came out, literally smoke. <laughs> and so from that day on, I decided, you know, I'm never going to use a Mac computer anymore. So that was I was a bit traumatized by that scene because um, the screen just went black. Smoke came out. I hadn't I didn't know what to do with it. And um, that was that. Right. So there was this black his, this dark history with with Mac and Windows. I got tired of it linux tiny bugs so far still better than windows in my opinion because it's much faster and the whole overall it's more customizable in terms of the appearance i'm not going to go deep into the system change or root change or anything like that but at least just as a um for starters i think you could tweak so many things about it the font and how you want things to be organized so that's that's really neat and that's good enough. That's really what I'm looking for in a computer because how is it a personalized um, computer if you can't even personalize anything and you cannot delete any of the pre-installed images, right? In any case, it's, not, it's so superficial. It's not important at all. Anyway, I'm looking forward to the Mac experience. So that will be um, very soon. It's arriving tomorrow, I think. That's one thing. Um, so about that. When I was doing my research on Mac, you know, they have several, let's say, uh, disk space with several sizes to choose from. You got your 256 gigabytes uh, hardware. (laughs) What is it called? You know, I'm a little bit drunk. I don't even know anything anymore. (laughs) All right. So you got... Different, basically different sizes. <laughs> you've got the two hundred and fifty-six, and you've got the five hundred and twelve gigabytes, and then you 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 also have the one terabyte. Is that called one tetrabyte? I'm not even sure. Anyway, um, so that's pretty awesome, or actually pretty bizarre. That's the thing I've been thinking about for a long time, or actually for two days. <laughs> um. Yeah, sorry about the language and the imprecision of my vocabulary because I honestly, you know what, I'm so tired of um, being a grammar queen to myself, although uh, I, I know I'm not perfect. And nonetheless, I just I'm so tired of being trying to be perfect when I speak and when I write. Um, I just composed a very formal email today. That's why I'm kind of exhausted with regard to that matter. Um, <laughs> in any case, let's see. I'm going. I'm just checking the Mac website. Sorry, the Apple website right now to to not get confused with um, the details. So basically, you've got your Storage two hundred and fifty six or five hundred and twelve or one TB TB I suppose it stands for Tetrabyte? I'm not sure. Um it's not tuberculosis, is it? <laughs> tetrabyte. yeah, it's tetrabyte, Uh which means a thousand gigabyte. In any case, I was just thinking, you know what, I I can't even complete I can't I, I can't even use about three hundred gigabyte. How why would anyone need um, one terabyte? You know what? actually I just check what's going on on my computer. So in my computer my, I use about uh, wow, I only use a hundred gigabyte on my computer. I didn't even use I'm not even using any extra um, disks or anything. So yeah, why would I buy a 512 gigabyte computer? I have no idea. Um, in any case, that's why I—that's I, what I've been thinking about. You know, people living houses that are way beyond their needs. People buy um, this space for no reason, even though you know you're not—you're never gonna use them up. People buy—you know—I used to—I <laughs> used to buy a lot of blank notebooks for no reason either. It just makes me feel very, very safe that I have—I've have all of this. Um, all of the notebooks I want to write on. And I never order blank notebooks um, individually. I always order in pairs or at least, yeah, at least two at a time. That's a perk of mine, I suppose. Um, then I regret it because when you want to move, you realize you've got this whole pack of notebooks that are just pure weight <laughs> without any content, literally. So anyway, I was just thinking about the... Uh, uh, let's say this i guess um what's the term called yes um obsession this obsession with space that we've got right you always feel like you don't have enough space we're talking about getting personal space we're talking about Dividing the public and the private sphere, that's one thing about space. Another thing is, of course, the literal ones where you want houses, you want places to live, you want plenty of space to um, to just be in. And uh, that's another aspect of space. And the third aspect of space is the one I'm the most curious about, which is this digital space or in my example, the idea of having a lot of notebooks so that you can potentially write um, so many things in. And, you know, people have got another space that I know someone has is the idea of multiple email addresses, right? Because with every multiple, sorry, with every email address, you probably get five gigabytes of email storage or online cloud space, right? Um, So that's another thing. So it's kind of interesting. And also... People permeate on all sorts of social media. I suppose that's another version of an online space or cloud space. So what exactly is our, why are we obsessed with space? Why do we want more space when we really, we know we are not going to fill them up and we're not going to do anything with the space, right? And the answer to that, at least my theory is that this is all about potential now last week or actually last episode we talked about the idea of disenchantment and reenchantment via reading novels and falling in love right and i think this this um expansion of your space idea could be an extension of reenchantment and uh for you know for a lot of things, right? I feel like when you are purchasing new space for your spe- for yourself in today in today's world, it's probably cloud space most of the time. But when you're doing that, or when you're pursuing some sort of personal space, uh, I feel like it has to do a little bit with the idea that you've got you can visualize or you can um, yeah you can visualize your uh, potential much easier. So what do I mean by potential? I mean literally just that, that when you've purchased your new computer with one tetrabyte or two tetra- tetrabytes of, of storage, it's not really that you got so many things to put in the computer already. It's just you want the idea that you have so many things. And so ultimately it's about possession. But now that's interesting though. What kind of possession? I, I think people aren't really looking forward to possessing a lot of things, and um, being someone with literally a lot of property or possession, although some of some of the people probably do. But um, most of the people, they're just lazy to cling, I guess. But I think when people take a lot of pictures just to find the one good one, um, and they just don't delete the rest of the quote-unquote bad pictures, I think that has to do with wanting the potential or looking forward to some sort of potential from the load of crap that you hold. <laughs> so now that's turning into a not so romantic conversation, um, right? Anyway, I was, I'm just saying that, for example, when you take a bunch of pictures, you got you need a lot of storage for your pictures. Uh, most of the time, you're not going to just really keep that one perfect one. You're going to keep... Um, you're going to delete 2% of your pictures and you're going to keep 98% of them and you're not even going to look at the pictures uh, most of the time and I think that's there are two sides to this there's this negative side and the positive side the negative side is due to the fear of loss I feel like you probably most people are probably doing this because they don't want to forget and they think While they delete the picture, they are forgetting or they're losing the time, which they have already lost already. But they're losing the time doubly. They're losing the time again by deleting the picture. Um, So they're losing the memory and everything associated with that picture. So even if (coughs) it's an ugly picture, I feel like people keep it because... They think they could or they subconsciously believe <laughs> so as to not offend anyone. But they probably sub- subconsciously believe that they could, you know, the more pictures you've got, the more details you have of that memory. And therefore, somehow, the, lo- uh, the less time you actually lose from, well, from living <laughs> all in all. So I don't know. I'm just thinking that's one aspect and that's the more negative aspect of it. But I'm curious about the positive aspect of wanting to hold on to things um, uh, cloud or physical, (laughs) right? You know, when you have a lot of documents, a lot of stuff in your cloud or online, I think you're really embracing um, the fact... You're not really just holding on to the the, the stuff, the documents um, you, you got. I think it really is about um wanting to turn all of these possession into potentially something much larger than themselves. I don't know what it is. I think the very meaning of potential, I guess, I suppose, by Aristotle's definition, is precisely the lack of actual the lack of actualization. So since there aren't actualized, I really just can't tell you what the potential is. Um, potential is literally empty stuff. It's empty, uh, empty stuff. That's a uh, oxymoron, I suppose. But <laughs> potential is, I suppose, literally the lack of presence, right? And and you could just you could just re- you can just write whatever you want into that empty space. So. Um, I don't think this is um, any innovation where I think most people probably figured this out already but I think it's kind of interesting if you connect this idea to that to re-enchantment so last time I think um, we have we discussed briefly um, how falling in love or reading novels are ways to be re-enchanted again to feel a sense of, to find mystery or to find unpredictability in your life again, something like that. I, I rarely re-listen to uh, my own episodes because it's kind of embarrassing, but I do remember the concept that I was discussing. Now, I think this holding on to potential kind of... Um, re-enchantment is a little bit different from the ones we talked about you know the concrete ones where you have activities I think this holding on to emptiness or holding on to potential um, version of re-enchantment is a little bit more intriguing um, and not as straightforward but I guess we could talk about it I think let's see first of all um, personally I have to say um, when I purchased the five, 512 gigabyte storage, um, it's not really due to the desire for the potential, you know, that I have, I could have so many things to do on my computer. It really is only the negative aspect where I fear that I'm not going to have enough space for whatever I'm going to do. Um, so personally, I don't think I could use this example, but... I think I could relate still to the idea that the more empty space you got, um, the more you could do, right? Although I think that's completely false, but my purchase or hoarding of notebooks is a great example. I just feel at the same time, a bunch of hope and also a great sense of fear that I'm going to lose something if I didn't have enough notebooks, right? So what can I say? What exactly are we re enchanting by holding on to this kind of potential stuff? Um let me take a break, maybe I I'll take a sip of water. I'll see if I can think more clearly. Hmm. Alright, sip of water it was. So yeah, potential. I think I think if we think about kids <laughs> then that's abrupt, I guess. But if we think about kids, I think there are a huge version of the desire for potential. I think people want to start anew. They want to start from the beginning, from scratch. That's why, in a way, they have kids to to, um, extend their own time on earth. And I think it has a lot to do, it has a great connection. Uh, great, it's like it's com- it's parallel to getting like a four gigabyte, sorry, a four terabyte computer. I think there's there's some link between these kind of these two situations. I think with a kid, obviously, it's a bit more complicated. But the the essence of that, the very essence of having kids, although I'm not a mother, <laughs> but I suppose. You know, you hear people say things like that, right? It's about extending your own time on Earth and also starting from the beginning and seeing what they could potentially become. And that kind of hope, you know, people say things like kids are the future of ourselves or or, or of us and kids are the only hope or something like that, right? That kind of idea really is about re-enchantment because kids they ask a lot of stupid questions and that's due to ignorance which is in a way meaning uh, the re-enchantment or the lack of disenchantment, right if you got knowledge you probably will be disenchanted in some way or another very quickly and I think uh, having a kid um, that is the that is the a new beginning that's a good way to talk about it but A more neutral way to talk about it really is um, sort of gaining back what you've lost, right? Um, You could use hope, purity, whatever term you want to describe. I think, though, ultimately, it's about thinking that you still got a second chance or a third chance, depending on how many kids you've got. So yeah, I I think... Having kids is really essentially the same as getting like a gigantic computer where you you could potentially build anything inside, store anything inside, right? And kids, of course, is alive, and you've got more distraction. Like they do, they do stuff on their own. They eventually get autonomy, and so in that process, there's going to be some struggling because you realize, hold on a sec. My kid is not, not like my blank notebook. Um, you can just write whatever into whatever you want into their brain. They're not going to store everything with you. You're not going to spend every second with your kid. Therefore, they're not like your diary. They're not going to remember everything you said. They're not going to listen to you all the time. They're not They're, they're not robots um, or pets. And so that's where disenchantment reappears, I suppose, when, when you realize that, yeah, the baby who seems so pure, um, is actually a full bundle of stuff already, it's not empty at all, it's not potential at all, then that's where you get disenchanted again, (laughs) and, and then things go to hell, (laughs) don't they? Okay, I'm just joking, but, but I think that's it, I think, I'm not, I'm oversimplifying things, obviously, but that's the whole point. I'm trying to get to the backbone of these issues because it's a really bizarre phenomenon. Why would you spend so much extra money to get a kid to well to raise a kid, or to to buy notebooks, to store notebooks, to hold to hoard notebooks, or um, computer space, or multiple accounts, or multiple credit cards, right? Yeah, credit cards. That's another area where you feel like you've got a bunch of potential to use all that money when you really aren't going to use any of it. You're going to spend 1% of your quota or something. And it's just so sad. So um, (laughs) anyway, and so it's an endearing thing, actually, an endearing phenomenon that keeps reappearing in our lives where people believe that by you know, by doing, by purchasing this, or by getting this thing, we got a lot of potential, and I think if you extend it, obviously, you can talk about advertisements, and what it's all about, of course, it's common sense, it really is about portraying a false hope, a false sense of hope, Um, we're not going to go that far, because I'm not really talking about that, I'm just really trying to dig into the psychology behind thinking that when you do this, you got this potential, right, so, um, I think we need to add a very very important list sorry uh, important item on our list of things that we do to be re-enchanted again and a simple answer to that I would say is to uh, to purchase stuff right I think the computer storage example is very very specific the blank notebooks example is another very very specific example where it feels like yeah you're purchasing nothingness you're purchasing just space to be filled in but I think in general if you think about what people are doing or what you're doing or at least what I'm doing as well when you're purchasing anything at all um, I think subconsciously there is um, a lot going on for example when I drink beer right uh, personally, I do find I do like the taste of beer, but I think obviously we're not just drinking for this, the taste. I think we're drinking for the potential as well. At least I am, and I gotta admit, it's so powerful. It's much more powerful than uh, the, uh, the taste itself. The taste isn't necessarily so attractive, but it's the idea behind drinking beer and it's the potential behind drinking beer right i think you're not really just for you know wanting to get drunk or dizzy or any a bit a bit less conscious i think that's not what i'm looking for i think when i do drink beer obviously um besides the taste i think there's an element of thinking that um i'm really an an adult (laughs) <laughs> that sounds stupid, but I think that's part of it. I suppose when I do drink beer as a routine, right after work or something, or every weekend, whatever it is, there's this idea that, all oh, right, there's this image associated with a lonely adult who just finished work and and is just tired and wants to and wants to relax uh, and is alone and. For some reason, people like to be drama queens in their own lives, or they like to be melodramatic for to entertain themselves, I suppose, and to keep themselves going and to write a whole story about themselves. So they are really the protagonists of their own novel. So instead of reading a novel, they become the protagonists themselves, so that every day they live in their own dream. Um, but I have to point out, I think that dream is really just emptiness, which is what we call potential in a good way, right, in a more a nice way, a nicer way, anyway, so I think when you're drinking, or at least when I'm drinking, I have to admit, there's an element of, yes, verifying that, in fact, I am an adult, I am someone who got a proper job, and I live alone and all that, and <laughs> I am not sad, I'm not happy, but I am extending my feeling by drinking whatever it is that I'm drinking. I don't know, so I think that's another version of purchasing potential, right, you, you, oh, another big one, another huge one, (laughs) that's something I've been thinking about recently, purchasing a car, that's definitely it, right, you got, you know, often, even if you're just one person or two, you want a car for four people. And yes, of course, you, you have some stuff to store and sometimes occasionally you have friends. <laughs> occasionally you have friends. Occasionally you've got friends who might sit in your car and you got you, you could travel together and all that. But really, what are you doing when you're purchasing a car? I mean, honestly, <laughs> you're purchasing the idea, right? <laughs> I think really car is the perfect example um, where you got a lot of space inside. You got privacy even that's called privacy um you got privacy inside you got a lot of physical space you got the idea or a dream or the image of traveling together with your with your spouse or with your friends in the car or being able to go anywhere uh in midnight just to get some some food or you know there's so many ideas associated with them why don't you count how many times you've actually carried out this, this thing? I don't know. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be super mean today. Fine. Even if you've actually frequently produced you know, memories or things that you always wanted to do before you got a car. Um, how authentic are you when you're doing these activities? I mean, are you really doing it for the sake of doing them? Sorry, are you really doing them because you enjoy them, or you're just doing them for the sake of doing them, so that you fulfill, you actualize whatever idea you had about this car, um, and you, you know, it's just more of a secondary enjoyment. I wonder. Um, I feel like. <laughs> Drinking beer is mostly a secondary kind of enjoyment, which is not exactly better or worse than the primary kind of enjoyment, which is really truly enjoying the taste of beer. Of course, driving is a great experience. That is primary. But I wonder how much of the thing is actually secondary. Um, So that's an interesting research you could do. um, Or I'm going to look into. So, So, yeah. So that's the... That's the thing i have been thinking about. So yeah, I think once I have that structure or that framework, there's just so many things, so many, mo- so much money I could save. <laughs> but at the same time, it actually encourages me to to spend more to get you know. There's, I'm not being critical of this idea of spending money for the very vague idea of what you could accomplish with the thing you're gonna buy, right? I'm not against that. I'm just saying that maybe perhaps. Um, your sub- subconscious has much more to do with that motivation than your actual um, desire. I don't know. I mean, your subcon- your desire is fueled by mostly your subconscious rather than your uh, consciousness. And that's a new another thing I want to talk about today. While so many things, maybe the potential associated with beer is actually a good podcast episode. <laughs> Again, let me get a sip of water, please. Right, What I, what? where was I? Yeah, so um, another thing that I very recently, which was this morning, thought about is the idea of um, how much of your life is actually determined by your subconscious versus your consciousness. Because if, I suppose, I think a lot of my p- big decisions, I'd say, personally, um, I think ultimately they're de- Determined by what I've been doing subconsciously, what I've been thinking, or well, what I've been working out subconsciously rather than what I've been thinking consciously. I think often I'm just like very, very confused uh, when I analyze a problem or a situation that I have to face or kind of a decision. And yet somehow after a few days you let it sink in and somehow you, well, you gotta make the decision one way or another, but somehow everything feels right, right, and and that's an interesting topic I, I do want to explore, which is the idea of regret, right, how authentic is regret, and in what way can we say we, we regret doing something, because I think regret happens only, if, um, only if, it, if it's associated with 100% consciousness, right, so if you make a decision and you know for example, right? If you you choose a restaurant, you choose your dinner, you choose your dish, and it tastes awful, then you can say I regret picking that. And I think it it's it's a it's a, it's safer to assume that you've made you made that decision by thinking about what you want to eat, right? However, if it's something that has to do with I don't know picking your wife, um, obviously it's just going to be much more complex than ticking off all the things on your list and say, right, she's the one, right? So, and then, and so it's, I think, I think when you say, for example, that you regret marrying this person, um, you're regretting not just whatever you can pinpoint, right? You're, you're really regretting a whole vague sense of feeling of the, uh, of marriage itself, which includes that person, I suppose, right? And so, in other words, if you chose something due to subconsciously feeling that there is some potential going on, potential associated with the thing, then when you negate that uh, choice, when you negate that choice, when you say you hold your hands up and say, "I regret this des- decision," because what you were choosing in the beginning was not intentional, was not very precise, what you are negating, of course is also gonna be something not so clear. So you're negating emptiness, right? To let's just let's just go back to the definition of potential being the lack of intent or the lack of any content, right? Otherwise you can just name it as such, right? You can say, I think it's gonna be delicious. Well, deliciousness is gonna be not part of the potential because you've actualize the thing you've named the thing as deliciousness in any case i'm just saying that regret is a very interesting phenomenon to me i think i've been thinking about it not just recently right so i i just think i am curious as to what exactly when people say what exactly do people mean when they say i regret regret this or regret that or making this decision or doing this or doing that right so um i think the smaller the thing is the more precise your language, the, sorry, the more precise you you could be about what you're choosing when you choose that. For example, a particular dish for dinner. And so the more precise the language when you are using the word regret, when you say I regret choosing this di- dish, right? For example, I regret sleeping so late last night, right? It's because you've discovered that you're just tired, right, it's a very precise thing, and going to bed, very, right, anyway, I'm just saying that, maybe, maybe regret is a term only for very small things that we've decided to do, and you can't really legitimately say that I regret marrying, I regret um, choosing this job, because there's just so many potent things or so so like the potential is just too big and so you can't really pinpoint what you're negating when you say I don't like the decision after all I think right and uh, you maybe there's just one thing tiny thing actualized but maybe you are regretting the fact that you I don't know I think I think this is an interesting topic which I could talk about next time but in any case I'm I'm just saying that sometimes it's very comforting to know that hey hold on my subconsciousness is doing much more work than i than i than i know about (laughs) by definition right um that you know most of the time maybe the big decisions are really done by my subconsciousness and um and and um it's really great because then sometimes you can just ignore the noise that is in your consciousness that you really can hear right often maybe these are just that they're just noise you got to ignore them and just quote unquote follow your heart and so anyway when you discover that when you discover that really there is a heart going on in your working very hard for you every single day and like picking up signals that you don't even know about um and vaguely that translates to this subconscious, and vaguely the subconscious is gonna come out with the great the best solution or the best um the solution that really follows your heart. I think it's very comforting and it it really means that we don't really need to worry that much about a lot of things, right because mostly I think if potential is a neutral slash positive turn, I think. Um, anxiety and worries, these are probably the negative, more negative version of potential, right, you don't anxiety in particular, you don't know what's going to happen you just feel like it's going to bring a lot of bad things that that could happen Um, or rather the emptiness or the lack of an answer is giving you negative feelings and that's what we call anxiety right Um, I'm saying that well, if if we realize anxiety just like potential is just a whole field of emptiness, maybe maybe we, j- we can just get you know get more relaxed. We can be more relaxed about this ultimately because well, if you don't know what it is, you know if you don't know what you can get by getting a one tetrabyte computer, well just buy it and see what will happen, what you can put in the computer or on well or if you don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow, and you just feel anxious, well, just just go to bed and tomorrow you'll be you you'll see, right? And by definition, you don't know. You don't know, you don't know. So what can you do about it, right? Anyway, I don't wanna be become this counsellor, um <laughs> Um, I really just wanna talk about the computer. <laughs> I don't know why I got so far into the thing, uh, how I got so far into the thing. But yeah, I think potential re enchantment um, that's the idea, and I guess anxiety is another topic we th- we can explore. It really is the more negative version of re-enchantment, which is I don't even know foolish foolishness or ignorance. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, I like this topic. I think I can go on forever. Um, ever. <laughs> Sorry, I can go on forever, and um. But yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, recently, I've been thinking I really do need to spend more time—I don't know—writing a script or being more focused. But sometimes it feels nice really to not know <laughs> what potentially could happen, <laughs> right? Often I don't because I—it's precisely because I don't have a script that a lot of ideas just pop out out of nowhere, right? The regret topic—I didn't really think about it until when I mention it at the moment. So it's kind of cool how your brain works, right? Isn't it? So yeah, so looking forward to the... I'm looking forward to Adele's new album, 30, aren't you? <laughs> In any case, looking forward to the next episode. And yeah, if you want to say anything, write an email to me, together at com. This is Yen, and have a great night. Bye-bye.